0: The Great Awakening, we are one, body autonomy, accept the sun. These phrases, are they from the world of QAnon or New Age? Increasingly, in California's vast health, wellness, and spiritual communities, they're from both. In fact, the intersection between the two worlds is becoming such a thing that the phenomenon has a new nickname, WuAnon, and it's coming to a yoga studio near you. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today's Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. Texas Democratic legislators leave their state to protest and block proposed voting restrictions. Israel's giving out a third Pfizer vaccine shot to fend off rising COVID-19 cases in the country. And Domino's apologizes for releasing a fish and chips pizza in Japan. I bet it tastes better than black olives though. It's difficult to quantify how deeply QAnon has penetrated the metaphysical world, but the effects are tangible. Broken friendships and business partnerships, lingering sadness and frustration, and a growing number of spiritualists who are speaking out. During the pandemic, friends and colleagues have watched with alarm as wellness influencers have embraced the far-right conspiracy theories and sprayed them across social media. Psychics, quantum magicians, and so many more, all spouting corrosive talking points wrapped in the language of namaste. My colleague, Laura J. Nelson, has covered this development for The Times. Welcome to The Times, Laura.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So California has attracted health and spirituality thought leaders from nearly the beginning of the state. And those people in turn have influenced the rest of the United States. And the present day influencers have even, well, more influence than ever. So what's the New Age community in California looking like right now?
1: Well, it's big, it's popular, and it's really lucrative. I mean, New Age, quote unquote, is this catch-all term that we use to describe everything from mainstream stuff like yoga and meditation to the mystical stuff like astrology and tarot and psychics to the more woo-woo kind of metaphysical side of things like Reiki and sound baths and quantum mysticism. But like every other industry, the New Age world is increasingly online. Some major New Age influencers have big followings on YouTube, YouTube, facebook and instagram hey everyone welcome or welcome back to my channel i'm emily if you're new here i am so excited for today's video i am going to be getting a photo taken of myself that shows the color of my aura next we have carnelian which is this very like orange stone this one's a lot lighter than this one so carnelian promotes positive life choices and kind of helps you to trust yourself and trust your instincts
2: And then placing your palms onto your lap, your right hand directly on top of your left, your thumbs touching. Relax the shoulders, eyes closed. And let's just take a moment together.
1: And even for people who don't live here in California, this kind of beachy, woo-woo, golden light aesthetic that permeates basically all of this kind of messaging and the culture is just like classically Californian. That's the public image, but the holistic world is also really, as you know, a hotbed for conspiratorial thinking, magical thinking, and this kind of deep-seated distrust in institutional healthcare, including a lot of vaccines. The term for it is conspirituality, quote-unquote, which is the combination of spiritualism and conspiracy theories
0: people try to make it seem like this health and wellness community is just very isolated or very rarefied. But the industry is all over California. It's huge.
1: Yeah, it's right. I mean, catering to people who are looking for spiritual comfort or physical comfort is just a big business, especially here. The health and wellness and spirituality community is valued at at least $1.5 billion. I've seen some estimates that are as high as $4.5 billion, depending on what you kind of factor in. That includes everything from yoga and meditation to like dietary supplements and crystal sales and multi-level marketing companies that sell those kind of quote-unquote toxin-free products. But it's especially big in LA where it feels like you can't go anywhere without seeing a yoga studio. And the number of studios has exploded in the last like five to 10 years or so. There's been a big new wave of teachers who've been certified to instruct other people in yoga after yoga studios here realized that a better way to pay the rent than just selling a yoga class for 25 bucks would be charging people like $3,000 to take a teacher training. And so now you have all these newly certified teachers who are either trying to teach themselves or are turning to Instagram to try to make money with brand partnerships and sponsorship deals and affiliated linking and all the other ways that you can make money online. And marketing consultants were telling those people that the best way to build their brands was to be controversial. So you have this kind of situation where there's experienced influencers and they have big platforms to spread information. And you've got this audience that's kind of already willing to believe some stuff that's like a little bit outside the mainstream. So in some ways, in this big industry, the pump was already really primed for QAnon by the time it came along.
0: We'll be right back. So Laura, the wellness and spirituality community, it's already predisposed to selling miracle cures for most anything. So what are some of the QAnon conspiracies that people are sharing right now?
1: Well, so QAnon started in 2017 and it really took off during the Trump administration, but it didn't really arrive and start to spread rapidly in the holistic and wellness community until the pandemic. The first one that people might have heard of is Pizzagate, which is actually kind of described as the predecessor to QAnon. It originated before Q became like a formal thing. This was basically a disproved theory, I should say, of a child sex trafficking ring that was holding children hostage in a pizza restaurant in suburban Washington, D.C. It unfolded into all these other things. So QAnon is kind of sometimes described as like a conspiracy theory that has other conspiracy theories within it because it's kind of this umbrella theory for all these other things that people believe. And that includes all the fears around 5G wireless and whether it's bad for you, this huge wave of belief that the COVID-19 pandemic was actually a hoax or that it was created by someone in order to control the population, all the people who are anti-vaccine, and this kind of arm of the movement that is about pedophilia and cannibalism and the movement that became known as Save the Children. So it's just kind of all mixed up in there in one kind of toxic conspiratorial stew.
2: I've thought about this long and hard if I should share this because I know it will be very difficult for some people to comprehend. But I feel
1: that if I do not share, I'm being deceitful and compliant. So I must share what I have found. This starts with Silicon Valley, wall street and the politicians this whole last year which has been talked about in terms of covid and
2: safety is not about safety it's been about control
1: have you researched who owns the mainstream media you should because it's all connected to what is happening here the deep state are demons know the spirit you are fighting against this is spiritual warfare and has been for centuries Vaccines for Bill Gates are strategic philanthropy that feed his many
2: vaccine-related businesses, including Microsoft's ambition to control a global vaccine ID
1: enterprise. If you were so concerned about a pandemic, why deliberately lower our immune systems with 5G hardware to match the COVID symptoms?
0: Some lean more to the spiritual side of things, and others are more concerned with the science and politics of the world. The
1: truth is out there if you want to go find it. The conduit for these conspiracies is social media and especially Instagram. And the beliefs are so widespread, especially on Instagram, that researchers actually have their own term for it. It's called pastel QAnon, quote unquote. And it describes that kind of familiar Instagram aesthetic, which is like the educational slides and the jewel tones and the earth tones and the sunsets, except it's infused with right wing extremism, either in the comments or in the captions itself.
0: And for your story, you spoke to a yoga teacher who has experienced a bunch of conspirituality comments online, right?
1: Yeah, it's right. One of the people I spoke to for this story is a woman named Sean Korn. I'm a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for
2: since 1994 here in Los Angeles. I'm a traveling yoga teacher, so I spend most of my time on the road working with different communities and populations around the
1: world, actually. She's also the co-founder of a group called Off The Mat Into The World, which teaches yogis to get engaged in social activism and politics. And like a lot of people in the wellness world, she started noticing the spread of QAnon on her Instagram feed and on Facebook right at the start of the pandemic.
2: At first, I thought it was just little rumblings that I was noticing online, like little seeds planted. It seemed innocuous enough, but it would catch my eye because I am involved politically, because I'm aware of what QAnon is, and I also understand where these conspiracies are leading us to. So it made me curious, but I wasn't concerned. Then I think it was around April of 2020, right after the pandemic, where colleagues of mine, people that I love and respect and have been in deep relationship with over many, many years, started reaching out to me and sending me links. And it felt emotional, like they they really wanted me to get this, as if the wellness of my soul was dependent upon me understanding
1: some of these
2: beliefs.
1: The vehemence of the messages she was getting made it really hard for her to have conversations with people. I mean, something that makes conspiracy theories so appealing to those who believe them is that they're usually impossible to disprove. And some of them even have small kernels or elements of truth, even if the overall theory or the worldview is not correct. So she said it's really hard to talk about this with people because if you've fallen down the rabbit hole, you don't really want to discuss nuance. Do I believe that this kind of abuse
2: exists? Yeah, I do. Do I think it's a mass movement? No, If to believe that, I'd have to believe that the scientists Every politician, everyone who creates policy throughout the whole entire world is involved in this. Every journalist. I'd have to believe to that degree. But it was hard to express that in in this very divided world. It was either all or nothing.
1: Did Sean push back? Initially, she did. And whenever she tried to push back or encourage her friends to look at the data or look at the science or to think critically about what it was that they were saying, they would just write her off. This is a really common theme among other people that I talk to for this story as well.
2: Do the research. I didn't think you were such a sheep. I would ignore their posts, but I would go to the hashtags and I would see consistently save the children and human trafficking,
1: Pizzagate. By the fall, Sean was so concerned that she joined some other yoga teachers and some other wellness world leaders to start speaking out against QAnon, which at the time was quite rare. And they said in a statement on Instagram that the movement was using, quote, tactics that resemble cult psychology in the way that they recruit and communicate with their believers. And she said after they posted this statement on Instagram, she watched as QAnon supporters began trying to recruit people to QAnon in the comment section of that post, drawing them in using language that felt familiar to people in the wellness world. That's like the kind of woo-woo spiritual kind of form of communication, trying to draw people into a discussion that would later lead them down the garden path to kind of classic QAnon recruiting materials.
2: It's been discouraging. I know that my peers and my friends believe that people like me are sheep and are you know misinformed and haven't done the research I tell them I did the research and it's bullshit and I stand by that and I'm not comfortable using my platform any longer to folks who want to try to fight me on their beliefs I'll post something and just turn the comments off if I need to. I mean, I like the comments on because I like the back and forth, but when I feel that it, I'm being, people are being recruited, then then I don't play anymore.
0: So is there a way to figure out how many people from the wellness community believe in QAnon?
1: It's really hard. Getting data is hard, and this is true not just of the wellness section of QAnon, but Q in general, but everyone I interviewed in the kind of woo-woo metaphysical world, knew of multiple people who've been what they call red-pilled or gone down the rabbit hole. It's just a phenomenon that's widely felt and widely known. And of course, there's a spectrum of involvement, all the way from people who posted a couple of memes or maybe are spreading conspiracy theories on Facebook or texting people they know, all the way to participation in the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. Sean, the yoga teacher, said she knows at least 10 hardcore QAnon supporters, and two of them were at the Capitol.
2: On a personal level, there's got to be upwards of probably 30 in my community. But students? Countless. I couldn't even put a number on that. But in terms of my core, the people in my world that I know that I would consider peers, colleagues, friends... It might even be more than that. I, I mean, it's, there's no way for me to gauge it. You know, I see their comments on Facebook and it's just like, note to self. I don't unfriend them, but they have unfriended me. I'm aware of how hurtful my stance has been to them personally. But like I said, it's that's okay.
1: So, you know... All the people who know someone who have kind of fallen down the rabbit hole, people are really angry. They're fed up. They're frustrated and honestly sad and ashamed of what's happened to the people that they know. So the grief and the anger is really widespread.
0: So why do some wellness folks feel that connection with QAnon-style conspiracies?
1: Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned a little earlier, there's always been a lot of conspiratorial thinking in the wellness world, and there's also this big libertarian streak of individualism and the theme of bodily autonomy, that. Reflects all the way from people who are skeptical of vaccines, which is very common, downright against them, also common, to people who just believe that they are kind of the masters of their own body, that you are your own guru, that you know yourself better than anyone else does, and that you ultimately have power over your health and the way that your body functions. And Sean said that if you have those beliefs already, some of the language of QAnon feels quite familiar.
2: I feel that they are deliberately targeting the wellness community and have found some crossovers, especially when it comes to being anti-establishment, anti-government and anti-medical intervention, which I completely understand. As someone within the yoga community, it's not like I am like pro-vaccine my whole life. I won't even take aspirin. I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. I don't eat meat. I don't put anything in my body. If I don't have to. So I understand where that original concern was. But there was something else about this that was rigid and dogmatic, steeped in politics, very divisive
1: class and income is also a huge factor in this as well. These are people who have disposable incomes, who can afford to eat a raw diet or an organic diet or go to a $30 yoga class or pay $200 to get their chakras realigned. And the public health orders that shut down yoga studios and Reiki healings and everything else that's kind of central to this community and created social distancing rules, that was really the first time that some of these people had ever been told in their lives that they couldn't do something. And some of them didn't take it very well. There's that line in
2: QAnon, where we go one, we go all. And yogis love to say that. But the thing is, a white-bodied person like myself who has access to, you know, all the resources, it's easy for me to say, like, we're one, we should love everybody. But that's not true for so many other folks. And for some parts of the wellness world, if that level of thinking continues, it feels immature in a lot of ways. Entitled? I mean, I don't know.
0: After this break, the QAnon yogis and shamans that stormed the Capitol on January
1: 6th. Today was a dark day in the history
0: of the United States Capitol officials knew armed extremists might attack Congress, but nothing indicated just how bad the attack would get. Jacob Chansley of Arizona stood out among the mob with a furry hat spawning horns out of his head and a red, white and blue painted face and no shirt. The self-proclaimed QAnon shaman, charged with civil disorder and a number of violations, told investigators he went to the Capitol at the request of then-President Donald Trump who had summoned patriots. Chansley's lawyer says he wants his client to have a chance to tell senators he was incited by Trump. And now that the former president refused to grant a pardon, Chansley and others feel betrayed. Prosecutors allege Chansley had a spear attached to a flag he was carrying and left a threatening note for Mike Pence.
1: The problem of domestic terrorism has been metastasizing across the country for a long time now, and it's not going away anytime soon.
0: So, Laura, you were telling us about the wellness community and how some of them embraced QAnon during the Trump administration. Now, most people tended to dismiss QAnon right up until the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Then all of a sudden it became real for folks. And when you started coming out that some of the main people that day were from the wellness community, it really hit a lot of folks that, damn, this is a thing.
1: I mean, the insurrection was, I think, a surprise to a lot of people who hadn't been paying attention. But to folks in the wellness community who had been following kind of the rising rhetoric of these people who supported QAnon, it wasn't quite as surprising. In the kind of pool of people that I interviewed for this story, they knew of discreetly more than a dozen people who were at the Capitol and participating in the actions the day of the insurrection. That includes people who are yogis, people who are in the kind of multi-level marketing world, selling kind of toxin-free products or detox vacation products energy healers and other people in that kind of holistic spiritual community. There's two people who are quite well known that listeners might have heard of. One is Jake and Jelly. He has the face paint and kind of that furry headgear. The QAnon shaman, he had carried a sign at earlier protests, especially in Arizona, that said Q sent me. And after he was arrested following the riot, he successfully petitioned a federal judge to receive only organic food in jail on religious grounds because he said he has shamanic beliefs and normal. Normal food would violate those beliefs and got what he asked for. The other is Alan Hostetter. He's this ponytailed former police chief, yoga teacher, and a sound bath healer from Orange County who had spoken at a QAnon conference and was indicted by federal officials last month. So the day of the insurrection, I think, was a wake-up call for a lot of Americans who maybe up until that point had not realized kind of how widespread the influence of QAnon had become. There's two recent polls that have found that about 15% of Americans believe the central tenet of QAnon I mean, that vocal QAnon support has dwindled since January, but there's a lot of extremism that is calcified into more of like a long-term conspiratorial type of thinking. And it encourages some of the themes we've already talked about, that radical autonomy and it sows distrust in vaccines and in elected officials and in the media and in other institutions that are woven into the fabric of American life. So even though QAnon itself, its star might be falling, the beliefs are not going anywhere. And people who have been following the rise of this extremism are concerned because it's not exactly clear what's going to happen next.
0: And it's unfortunate because it's easy to stereotype the wellness community as being hippies and all welcoming, but it is very welcoming. And that's frankly why some of these fringe beliefs tend to, if not necessarily be embraced, they're at least tolerated. But something as corrosive as QAnon, I'm sure it's really just weighing down on the wellness community.
1: Yeah, it's been really hard for people. I interviewed a number of folks who were like, one of the things I loved about this community is how open-minded people are and how you're kind of willing to embrace stuff that's outside the mainstream, embrace new people who come to it. And that as long as you're not like doing harm to anyone else, the belief had always been that like whatever you believe is fine. But now there is like actual provable harm that comes from these theories. And people who've watched their friends, their partners, their coworkers go down the rabbit hole are grieving. I mean, some of them have gotten to a point where they've had to sacrifice friendships, cut off communication. I heard from a reader who had broken off an engagement with a woman who had become kind of enmeshed in all of this, people who've closed businesses and lost longtime business partners. And their only choice is to either cut those ties or to sacrifice what they believe in because you can no longer find common ground when you're talking to these people. And that includes Sean Korn, the yoga teacher we heard from earlier, who's been speaking out against QAnon. I've walked quite a few people through their grief around this as I walk through my own grief
2: and also feeling feeling not misunderstood myself, but saddened that I know that they're disappointed in me because of what it is that I'm standing for. They don't get it. They thought for sure That I would believe in Bill Gates and, you know, all of this stuff. That for sure, I would see the connections. I don't. And I won't.
0: So does QAnon change the wellness community for good or was it just a passing fad?
1: It's hard to say what's going to happen. People are feeling increasingly isolated or kind of siloed into their groups of like, this is all bullshit, woo woo. And this is something that I believe with my whole heart. And if you don't believe it, we're not on the same side. So it's like difficult to say what's going to happen with those groups. It's it's hard to pull back from conspiracy theories and kind of re-enter the mainstream. There's a lot of factors that go into that, including shame, fear, anger, and the wellness community isn't entirely fully engaged yet in discussing what it's even gonna look like if some of those people do wanna re-enter the main flow of things. Sean is one of the people who's been working to try to bridge that gap, but she so far is not especially hopeful.
2: I can challenge them. I can ask questions of them. I can ask details, but what I think is more important is that I show up and other teachers show up at this moment with humility, commitment to truth, a commitment to science, with a compassionate lens that's inclusive to all, and calling out the injustice and committed to disrupting harm when we see it. So I'll stay on that side of the path but I don't think it's going to get any more integrated anytime soon. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, but I don't know.
1: I'm a yogi. I am a member of this community in a more kind of fitness and mental health oriented way. I obviously don't really do much of the woo elements of it, but I know people who do and For a community that is all about kind of knowing yourself and working through your feelings and emotions, a lot of it felt still kind of bottled up. Like a number of people I spoke to had not talked to anybody about it ever before they talked to me about it. And that there's this kind of level of shame and frustration that runs really deep. And I just think it's important that we continue to talk about it because it's clear that it's something that a lot of people are dealing with, not just in the wellness world, but in other pockets of American society too, including evangelical Christianity, stay-at-home moms, and a lot of other kind of subgroups of American life where similar things are happening. And if we aren't willing to kind of put it out in the open and talk about the effects, people are going to continue to feel isolated and frustrated and, and not really see a path toward making it better, or at least knowing that they're not in it alone.
0: Thank you so much for this interview, Laura. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, illegal marijuana farms are destroying the California desert and politicians don't know what to do about it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Shawnee Hilton. Our intern is Ashley Brown and our theme music is by Andrew Eapin. I'm Gustavo Arellano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias.